Listen, uh, we are in a series of messages from the book of Ephesians. So let's just remind ourselves a little bit about Ephesians. Ephesians was a book that was written when Paul was in prison. It's one of the prisons, what we say in the theology world, a prison epistle. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to say it anyway. So he was, he, he, he was in prison. So uh, there were a lay person by the name of uh, Epaphras. Epaphras uh, went to a meeting that Paul had preached and got saved before he was in prison. And while, when, when, when he got saved, he lived in a place near what was called the Lycus River. And he went back to that place to say, listen, you guys don't know, I heard a message that a man preached, and it's changed my life. So he took the message back to the people and started three churches. Well, when he started the churches, uh, there became an influx of people that uh, was kind of crazy. You know, that happened in church today. You know what I mean? We got crazy folks coming to church today. You know what I mean? Uh, so, but these people were Nazis. What was Nazis? What does that mean? They believed that there was some type of angelical level you would, you, you would make, like getting high or promotions, and that they had a secret knowledge of God. So, they believed that matter was evil. Matter. Evil. And the spirit is good. Therefore, they, they could not believe Jesus could be fully man and fully God. So, they were in infant, infant, uh, I can't even say the English word, invading the churches and teaching Wrong doctrine. It's kind of like sometimes you come here and we have people that come from other denominations and, uh, you know, they get to going on and you, they become the object of the church instead of the preaching. You know what I mean? That's heresy. That's what the Bible calls heresy. When you are doing all this here and doing all this here and people looking at you, and sell the gospel, that's heresy. That's kind of my, uh, that's kind of, okay, to the message. Uh, the Apostle Paul has three main doctrines in the book of Ephesians. And it's all found in the first three chapters. There is, then there's no doctrine teaching in five, four, five, six. There's no doctrine teaching. The doctrine teaching is one, two, three, the three chapters. Those three doctrines are the doctrine of predestination. There are some people that are five-point Calvinists, which means they believe God had determined before the earth was made how many people would be saved and how many people would be lost. And so it's no need to really evangelize or talk about your faith because God had predetermined that who would be saved. I say that's kind of nutty because God says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. God's not a liar that he should lie. 
he's not that way. So, but then in the last three books, four, five, and six, it can become the book of James. We preached a series of messages in the book of James that talked about how to live out your faith. And we know that James was a hard-hitting book. It jumped in your face. Well, Apostle Paul is doing the same thing in the last four chapters. Last week we talked about, I can't remember, but last week we talked about, uh, I can't remember. So, but it's on, it's, it's, it's on the uh, internet. You, uh, but this week we're going to talk about how to live in the light of God. How to live in the light of God. Look, look, look at this here. Look at this here. I'm in the light, and the light is shining on me. And what I'm trying to say this morning is how do we live in the light? When the light of God is shining on us, how do we live? Because the world is watching us, and we they've got headlights on us. Like I'm sitting here, and the lights are coming at me. It says, how do we live in light? In the light of God. You can change, please. I got to change it. I'm sorry. I, I, I think <laughs> you can change. No, you ain't change. Okay. Uh, so let's read. See, I was at church last night. And uh, they changed the message. I'm going to ask my oldest daughter to read that for me, if she would, please. Ephesians 5, 1 to 3. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love and following the example of Christ. He loved us and and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Now, like I said, James, the half-brother of Jesus, jumped right in your face and said things. Now, you need to understand what the Gentiles, how they lived before they heard the message of Christ. They would have sexual origins. They would sacrifice all type of crazy stuff they were doing. And so, Paul comes in this particular chapter and begin to remind us how we live, how we should live. So the first thing we should do, how to live out the light of God, is that we should imitate God. Look at look look at look at the verse that says, "Imitate God, therefore, in everything. In everything. In some things, no. In everything, yes. It's kind of like God is good all the time." And all the time, God is good. So God is looking for us to imitate him in everything. That kind of question years ago, we say, WWJD, what would Jesus do? It's a good question. It's a good question. So if we're going to imitate, hey, let me say this. Hey, parents, if you lie, your kids don't lie. Hello? If you cheat, your kids don't cheat. They're going to imitate. See, because you 
who say you're a Christian and come to church, they're going to think, well, cursing and coming to church is okay. Stealing and going to church is okay. So they're going to imitate what they see you do. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. Someone, well, I was in church back in the States, and uh, I was a youth pastor, and I had a teenage, a deacon. Uh, uh, he was the son of a, the, the young boy, dad was a deacon in his church, in the church, and he cursed all the time. So, I called the deacon in, and I said, deacon so-and-so. Your son used a lot of cursing words. And he said, he asked me, I wonder where he get that from. And I asked him, I said, well, let me ask you something. And I asked my son, I said, when you get upset, do you, do you say a curse word every once in a while? And he said, sometimes, yeah. But not a lot of times. Just every once in a while, sometimes. Well, there you go. That's where he got it from. That's where he got it from. Kids are not racist just because they grow up to be racist. Are you getting? Are you getting what I'm saying here? Are you? Are you getting? You know, United States. You know. They talk about, we're going to have a talk about race. Man, we've been talking forever. And no change is happening. So, this young man who went into church and killed nine people, he didn't just grow up and all of a sudden decide, I'm going to church to kill black people. He got it from his parents. So the judge says we need to think about, worry about his parents and what they, no, he got it from them. You can't tell me. I used to pass teenagers. Everything teenagers said came from what their parents, most of the time, not of the time, what their parents said. So, you know what? I got two little girls. And I, I, I'm really big in providing for my family. I want my girls to know they can't date no man that can't provide for them like they daddy. So I'm trying to model for them if the dude is broke, he got to keep stepping. Because he got to take care of you. And most of the times, the Bible says that work ethic, if you don't work, you don't get paid. So what I'm trying to say is there's, a, there's, 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 there's some disciplines that we have to do and walk out and live out as we call ourselves Christians. So we got to imitate. But then he says, listen, 1 John 3, 16 uh, says, would you read that for me, Brother Vernon? We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. We too should lay down our life for the brothers and sisters. Death to self. I do not believe you stop being yourself. It simply means you consider others. Lay your desires on the altar. 
You know what the problem of the church is? You know what the problem of the church is? That we don't give sacrificially. We don't do anything sacrificially. Now, I'm, I, I, you know, there's some good sacrifices and there's some bad sacrifices. Sometimes men that are in the ministry sacrifice his family. And I have to watch that. I have to be careful that I be so available that my kids don't know that dad loves them. But by and large, the church of Jesus Christ, whom he loved and gave sacrificially for, we're not imitating him sacrificially. What do you do 100% with passion? What do you do? Is it watching Brazil, the, 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 the selection from Brazil play football? That's, I mean, that's your passion. What God is saying is that he wants you to want him to be your passion of your life. He wants to be the passion of your life. He wants you to give sacrificially that you, it's kind of like, well, let me keep going. Uh, Ephesians 5, 4 and 5. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, they're not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping things of this world. When you come to Christ, uh, you're transformed. If you were an apple, God transforms you to an orange. In other words, the pitch is trying to denote that you cannot be the same person when Christ comes into your life. Can somebody say amen? You cannot be the same. God makes a difference, and when he comes in our life, you should be transformed. I come from a family of men that we get angry very quick. Okay? I come in the house, one of my teenagers, they with my brothers, and say, who left the milk out? And I just ask the question. And my brother said, what's it to you who left the milk out? Why? I'm like, just calm down. Calm down. You know, you, you don't have to get into Dukes. Just calm down. I mean, and so, I, we, you know, my brothers, uh, to, to say that we were men, we would hit ourselves in the chest. That's kind of crazy, but we did. So my brother would say, stand here. Hit me in the chest. 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 And so, uh, you know, I kind of got crazy too. And so I said to him, hit me in the chest. He's my bigger brother. He's six foot two. He weighed about 200 pounds. And he hit me in the chest. And I fell down and started crying. (laughs) And he says to me, no, don't cry in this house. 
Don't you cry in here. We, 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 we the Reese's. We don't cry. We are men. We don't cry. Don't cry. What happens is, since accepting Christ, when I accepted Christ, my family's here. They know I can get angry if I don't wash myself. If I don't do my devotion, if I don't do... The, one time, my daughter came in the, in the room and she said, Daddy, uh, I've got pain somewhere. And I go, where you got pain at now? Tell me where you got pain at. I saw myself being like, when I went in the house and said, where's the milk? What's it to you? Who left? What? What? We got to change. We got to be transformed. Listen, he also said some things about obscene stories, foolish jokes, and greedy. Do you know that greedy people worship what they have? Do you know that? Did you know that most, the Bible says it's hard for rich people to get in heaven? Do you know why he said that? Hey, by the way, who said that was Jesus? Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to get in heaven. You know why he said that? Because we, we think our riches becomes our God. Our riches become our God. And so uh, we should be transformed that whatever we have, all it belongs to God. The kind of one is why the, uh, if the church had 100%, when I pastored a church, only like 20% of the people uh, gave tithes and offering to the church. The other 80% were like leeches. They wanted the air condition. They wanted this. They wanted that. But they didn't give. And, and so the Bible says we should give a tithe and offering. And I'll leave that alone. Now, look at that picture. That picture is a picture of an intimate, it's an intimate picture of a man kissing a woman. Now, listen. Tell me, have you seen teenagers in the church kissing and hugging and they ain't married? Like that. I know you're going to think, well, no, he, no, he didn't go there. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. Because if you're a man and you're a natural man, you love women, you like women. If you're kissing that way, you're, and I'm not talking about, uh, look how the hand is positioned. And, uh, no, no. I don't care what you say. If you're doing, listen, if you're doing that, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And I often wonder if you did it in church. What in the world are you doing when you're not in church? And I've had folks to take issue with me on that, and that's okay. You can be, in my humble opinion, wrong, and, I, and it's okay. Because all that does is, is it motivates your flesh. That's all it does. It motivates. That's all it does. If you are a man and you like girls, you like women, if you got teenagers and they're dating people that way, I'm telling you they're going to go to bed. Okay? I'm telling you. I got two girls. 
And I'm trying to teach them that there's certain lines you don't cross. You just don't cross certain lines. Because when you cross that line, you got to deal with a whole lot of other stuff. How many of you know, have you, have you ever drank uh, a can of Coke in the locker, the Coke? You open that Coke. Can you close it back? No. Can you close it back? No. No. No, you can't. So when you open that can of sexual impurity, it's hard to close back. You just gave a foothold to the devil in your life. So I'm preaching and teaching purity because that's what the Bible taught. That's what Jesus taught. Let me keep going because folks are looking at me like you crazy. Okay. All right. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins for the anger of God will fall on all who obey him. Don't participate in the things that people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces what is good, right, and true. What's good, right, and true. The Holy Spirit that God incarnated inside of us is part of the Trinity. I said by, uh, a couple weeks ago, people said, you know, how could disciples do that? When they said, Jesus, uh, do you care if we perish when he was on the boat and he went to sleep and the waves came beating on the boat? It says, well, how could they be so crazy that they would be a worry with Jesus in the boat? How, hey, don't judge them. Look at the man and the woman in the mirror because the best is I know, got the Father, got the Son, got the Holy Spirit. Amen. Where do the Holy Spirit live? Inside of us. So we've got a part of Jesus, part of the Trinity inside of us. And so we don't, we, how many times? No, you've got Jesus inside of you. That's why I like that song, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways that we cannot see. You know, I need help back there. Mission, we don't have contact. Uh, hello. Houston, we have a problem. Okay, now, here we go. Uh, let's read that. Everybody, let's read that after three. One, two, three. One more time. One, two, three. Okay, look to your friend next to you and say that again. One, two, three. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins. 
My daddy, like women, cheated on my mom. It's just in me. I, I cheated on my wife because my dad did it. My dad was a drinker. That's why I drink. There is a breakage that when Christ comes in our lives, we can say no. We can say no. How many times I have been approached, and you guys may think this wrong for a preacher to say, but I'm just going to say it. How many times I have been approached and made offers that I said, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. And you can't say, well, you know, everybody's doing it, so I did it. This week, the son, the grandson of the most influential preacher we've known in 20 years, Billy Graham, grandson resigned the church in Florida because he had a sexual affair outside his marriage. I'm not judging Billy Graham's grandson, but for the grace of God, there go I. So, when we are sharing with you about some things, I'm just telling you, you if, if you keep yourself, don't make an excuse. When you're living in the light of God, when you're living in the light of God, and you're not sitting there saying, I'm making excuses, that's just the way I am. No, that's not just the way you are. That's not just the way you are. No, that's the way you want to be. That's better. No, that's the way I want to be. Stop lying to yourself and stop making excuses. That's the way you want to be because God can change. Amen, church. God can change. He can change us if we say, God, change me, help me. God can change and help us. That we stretch out our arms and we say, Lord, I don't know how, I can't do it, but I need you. And I thank God, sitting high in heaven, look down and say, I'm going to help my child. I'm going to help my child. Because without reach arms, he's saying, I'm really surrendering. God, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. By the way, raising of your hands is not just assembly of God people. The Jews, if you really want to know the history of raising your hands, came from the Jews. The Jews would smoke their breath and raise their hands and pray to God. Okay? So, when we stretch out our hands, we say, God, I can't do it. I need you, Lord. I can't do it. Says, carefully, says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil darkness. Instead, expose them. What? 
Did I read that correctly? Did I, did I, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I just read, expose your darkness? What? Are you kidding me? Paul had, he must, Paul must have wrote that when he was sleeping. When he says, take no part in worthless deeds of evil darkness, instead, expose them. You know how you live out the light of God? And when you don't have any hidden secrets. Come on now, say amen, church. When you don't have any hidden secrets. When you're not in church one way, and then when you're out of church another way. When you're not at Baha music Saturday, and then in church Sunday. It's not when you're sleeping with your girlfriend, and then in church Sunday morning. It means you don't have any hidden secrets. Who you are, you are all the way, the same way, all the time. That's how we live in the light of God. When we don't be doing things at nighttime on the internet, watching pornographic stuff, huh, and someone get up, huh, let me change it real quick. That's how. You don't live in the light, you don't have any hidden secrets. Who you are, you're the way all the time. You can't live in the light of God with hidden secrets. Hey, by the way, my wife has my, my cell phone. She knows my cell phone number. She has my Facebook pages, account numbers. She can take my phone even when I don't ask her. She picks my phone up and reads my what's up messages. Sometimes she tells me things that I don't even know. Because she done read it. I don't know now why she read my memory. But anyway, uh, she knows everything. I don't have. You know, I don't understand men talking about, don't look at my cell phone. Tell them why. Don't look at my cell phone. Are you crazy? I wish my wife would say to me, don't look at my cell phone. It's just going to give me more. I'm going to look at it now. I'm going to look at it now because you got something you hiding. I'm looking. Bring your cell phone here right now in the name of Jesus. I'm going to look at your cell phone. I'm looking at everything now. But when we say we love God, but we got hidden secrets, we're not living in the light of God. We're not living in the light of God. Church, amen. We're not living in the light of God. You're, listen, Numbers 32, 23. Numbers. Numbers 32.23 says, be sure your sins will find you out. Another way to translate that is to say, what you're doing in the dark is bitches will come to life. Hello. You, you think it's hidden? You think nobody knows? It's coming to life. I got to finish quickly. But the evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That's why I said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Just what I just said. You're living in dark. You're doing things that you know. Come on, Nelson. You know, uh, come on, Jacob. You know that's not right. Uh, it's going to show up. It's going to show up. And hey, by the way, you know what? 
Do you know how the devil knows our weaknesses? Did you know? My mom, my mom used to say, my mom used to say to me, son, the devil don't know when you, when you moan, he don't know what you're saying. Sometimes you pray prayers that you say to God, God, help me. Be who you call me to be. And sometimes you just fall on your face and you say, God, this area of my life, I need help. I can't do it. If we're going to live in the light, we gotta, we got to do self-judgment. we got to judge ourselves. You know what? I prefer that I judge myself than God. Would y'all do that? God will make a way. Just one more time for me, please. Uh, uh, we got to judge ourselves. You see, if we judge ourselves, we are honest lies before God. Because I believe before God shows you up to the world, it don't matter who you are. You can be the President of the United States, Bill Clinton, having a sexual affair with an intern. Had a chance. I know. I know. You know how I know? I judged myself and God didn't reveal me. See, if you judge yourself, come on now. If you judge yourself, God will see that you want to do right when the light shines on you. And you say, no, that's not who I am. I'm not doing that. See, that's what God does. But if you continue to do, when he says, don't do that, and you keep going, he'll say, I'll pull back the curtain. And I let the world see your hypocrisy. We all got some hypocrisy. We all do. You do. I do. But so it don't show up and make us look with, with shame. We just judge ourselves. And you say to yourself, I can't. I, why did I do that? I'm not doing that again. God sees a heart that's unsecure. Come on now. God sees a heart that's honest and pure that says, I want to change. And when he sees, this is what I love about God. When he sees that you're, you're trying to not do that, he says, in the Bible, he says, when you're weak, son, you're strong. Why? Because in your weakness, I see what you're trying to do. I, being God, will give you strength in your weakness. <laughs> come on, see. come on, come on, come on. Change the world right now. Come on, change. Come on, come on. He'll give you strength. He'll make a way. Come on, I sing. Stand up, y'all. Stand up. Come on, come on. sing that. Sing, sing. Come on, come on. Come on. We worse in ways we cannot see.
love Jesus. Can, can you say, I, yeah, how many people say, I love Jesus? Can, can, can you say to your neighbor, say, I love Jesus? Can you just say, I love Jesus? And hey, by the way, you know, you didn't love Jesus first. You didn't love him first. He loves you first. You came back and said, you saw his love. And you saw his grace. And you saw loving him. But he loved you first. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your love, sacrificially, that you have sent Jesus Christ to pay a debt that he didn't owe, a debt he couldn't pay, that we could make a way to you. Oh, how we bless your name, Lord. Would you just bless us? And help us live out in the life of God to show the world that Jesus lives. Oh, how we bless your holy name. It's in the most powerful name we know how to pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Thank you. God bless you.